Good morning and thanks for listening in. This is the Daily Morning Update from BQ Prime and I'm Alex Matthew. Today is the 19th of October. The big story globally continues to be the war between Israel and Hamas. On a day when US President Joe Biden visited Israel and lent his full support and backing to Israel, the United States vetoed a United Nations Security Council resolution that would have called for a humanitarian pause in the fighting to allow access to aid in the Gaza Strip. According to a Reuters report, the vote on the resolution was delayed twice in the last couple of days as the United States tries to broker aid access to Gaza. Twelve members voted in favor of the draft text on Wednesday, while Russia and Britain abstained. There are 15 members, as you know, on the UN Security Council. The Gaza region has been under intense bombardment. Again, we've been reporting this over the last several days, with Israel having vowed to completely destroy Hamas after the tragic attack that took place on the 7th of October. But a recent attack on a hospital which killed hundreds of people has escalated already heightened tensions in the region. Reuters reported that Russia said it has now asked for the 193-member UN General Assembly to be convened for an emergency special session on the conflict and it could decide to put a draft resolution to a vote there with no countries holding a veto power. General Assembly resolutions, though, are non-binding, but they carry political weight. UN Middle East Peace Envoy Tor Venezland told the Council that there is a very real an extremely dangerous risk of an expansion of the conflict. And that's exactly what President Joe Biden's visit to Tel Aviv was supposed to curtail. The president made plain that the U.S. will protect its ally, sending a clear message to rivals in the region like Iran to stay out of the fight. With one U.S. carrier already in the area and another on the way, Biden has promised a new package of unprecedented support, according to a Bloomberg report. He also said that Israel agreed to allow a flow of humanitarian aid to Gaza and cited U.S. intelligence to support claims that Palestinian militants were to blame for the deadly hospital blast. Now, overnight, you've had risk assets in the U.S. fall sharply and the Dow closed um, lower by about 1%, and the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq dropped 1.3 and 1.6% respectively. Meanwhile, yields on the U.S. Treasuries spiked, with the yield on the 10-year paper breaking above 4.9% for the first time since 2007. Oil is also being watched closely. Prices stayed at two-week highs after Iran called for an oil embargo against Israel, and oil inventories at the major U.S. terminal in Oklahoma have dropped to the lowest level since 2014. Now, I've devoted most of the time of the podcast so far to the conflict, but let me quickly tell you about a few more news items that you should know about. First, the Tata Group has announced the merger of Air Asia and Air India Express. The new entity, which will cater to the domestic sector, will also look to service short-haul international routes to the Gulf, the Indian subcontinent, and South Asia. The company will get a narrow-body aircraft every six days till the end of December 2024 and 190 narrow-body aircraft in the total over the next five to seven years as it builds up its fleet. 
The combined entity currently has 57 aircraft. In the banking space, Bank of Baroda has placed some of its branch-level employees on leave and has terminated employment for a few others in the BOB World mobile app case, according to two people with knowledge of the matter. That's a BQ Prime story. A majority of the action is centered around branches in Gujarat, according to the people that BQ Prime spoke to, and this is after Bank of Baroda conducted an internal inquiry into allegations that some of its employees were fraudulently linking mobile numbers with accounts of customers to boost the active user base of the app. The mobile numbers were not those of the customers and were used to bypass the log. In more international news, China's economic growth in the September quarter surprised on the upside because of retail spending. GDP growth came in at 4.9%, but economists are still worried about the implications of the problems in the property market there, which could play out in the December quarter. Now, with that, it's over to Neeraj Shah for the trade setup for the day in India. Morning, Neeraj. What are the key areas of focus today? Well, um, risk off seems to be the focus, uh, Alex, uh, considering the fact that the global queues are all talking about that. You look at what the U.S. markets have done overnight or what Asia is doing today. You look at what the 10-year treasury yield, which is about 4.9. You look at gold, which is coming up at two-month peaks. Oil still staying stubbornly above 90 the only respite for risk assets might be what Jerome Paul says today at the Economic Club of New York. But be that as it may, the start very likely will be soft and with reason. So uh, just, just the fact that there's such a strong up move in gold prices recently reeks of safe haven demand buying. And in such times, allocation to equities is not necessarily top of mind. Uh, even for a market like India, which is considered to be an oasis of growth and a bit of a haven. Foreign investors sold yesterday as well, right? 1,800 crores. So I would reckon it's best to look at stock-specific moves as opposed to markets at large. They seem to be uh, caught in a bit of a spiral today. A big day for results with HUL, ITC, and Nestle all coming together. So FMCG day, if you will. But a clutch of other important names at the non-index level too. Havels would be important uh, to understand what's happened to wires and consumers and real estate ancillaries. Emphasis comes on it's a storm in the IT services names, if you will. Uh, there is PVR Inox, and the expectation is that they will have a very strong quarter. And Ramakrishna Forgings, which has traditionally done well, but with the UAW strike, could the forging companies be under stress? I think all of these remain key talking points. Stocks to watch today. Blowout numbers from Astral, I thought. Revenues were up 16%, margins expanded nearly 400 basis points, and as a result of which the profit after tax was up 75%. I would reckon that even on a soft day, Astral could have a good outing. Uh, not such luck for Wipro. Revenues were down, EBIT margin came off, pat uh, down 14% QOQ, and the CEO saying that there is a significant reduction in discretionary spending from clients. He said that we are not growing and that is the reality. Oh, quite a strong statement. Very likely Wipro could correct. Most brokerages have reduced target prices. Bajaj Auto, contrary, actually had a good quarter. Margins expanded, pat up 20%, uh, could do well. Innocent Bank, the numbers notwithstanding, and the numbers were, uh, okay, largely in line with estimates. But more importantly, uh, the note from brokerages on uh, the disclosures on foreign shareholding from Innocent Bank, 
which is below the MSCI threshold. And as a result of which people believe that a Wipro, a Indusin Bank could be included in MSCI uh, in November, which could lead to an inflow of 300 to 350 million dollars. Could it react today? Let's wait and watch. Strong numbers from T-Tagger rail systems, 54% uptick in revenue, 56% uptick in PAT, margins expand to 12.3%. So watch out for this one. Uh, slightly weak numbers from LTI Mine Tree, Oracle Financial and Chopper Stop. All three could react negatively. And strong quarter from SG FinServe, RPG Life and Five Paisa Capital. All three could react positively. Lastly, Trident um, IT department is conducting some search at the company premises. So maybe that stock has a negative reaction. Actually, lastly is this, and, and this kind of stood out for me. On the global conference call of ABB, they spoke about the Indian order inflow. They said that orders in Asia, Middle East, and Africa declined by 5% as the decline, as also the decline of China in China of 10%. But all of this was more than offset by strength elsewhere in the region, including strong growth in India. This augurs well for the CapEx cycle and for ABB in particular. With this, it's back to you. Thanks, Neeraj. And as always, thank you all for listening in. This is Alex Matthews signing off. Have a great day.